0: Hello Man fans, Ollie Man here with The Modern Man. Uh, This week's show, I'll be honest, it's a light-hearted one. We are a magazine show after all. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is a little burst of sunshine for you, and absolutely none the worse for that, by the way. My feature guest is Britain's premier warm-up man. He is the guy who whips up the crowd into a frenzy on Ant & Saturday Night Takeaway and Celebrity Juice and Strictly Come Dancing, and he is very indiscreet. <laughs> there are a lot of big celebrity name drops in this episode. Russell Brand gets mentioned, Frank Skinner. Uh, it's a riot, Frank. I enjoy it very very much I think you will too Uh, This week's foxhole is also rather fun It is about manscaping Um, In the meantime hello to everyone Who got in touch to give Hal the pedant From last week a taste of his own medicine uh, By pointing out that August 1997 when Netflix was founded Was of course nearly 20 years ago Not nearly 10 years ago Uh, I had actually failed To spot Hal's no doubt deliberate mistake When I read out his uh, pedantic Feedback at the opening of last week's show Uh, But I was then grateful for the 50 or so emails that we've had about it. Uh, It is good to know you're out there, man fans. I guess a lot of uh, listeners don't interact with podcasts until they know that they're right about something. It's always the same when I'm on broadcast radio as well, by the way. If I say by accident, you know, good morning, it's 10 o'clock and actually it's 9 o'clock, the phones will light up in the radio studio as on no other subject. I always say, if you want a guaranteed phone-in, just ask the audience what year it is. Um, But thank you anyway for everyone who uh, wrote in to point out that error. Uh, In this week's show, you will learn why you need nads in your bathroom cabinet. Uh, You'll also learn what it sounds like when Ollie Peart apparently unironically deploys the phrase go rompy romp romp, and you'll learn why you should never tell a joke in front of Bruce Forsyth.
2: Let's go. On this week's Modern Man. I don't try and hog the limelight. When you're doing your bit, I will disappear into the shadows. Saucy jokes, ego management and being thrown to the lions.
0: The art of the TV warm-up.
1: It is fine to do whatever the heck you want with your pubic hair.
0: And Alex Fox grabs a listener's question by the short and curlies. But first, it's the man who's recently recovered from a speed awareness course. It's Ollie Peart. With the zeitgeist.
3: i got to sit in a helicopter. What? Well, it was at um, an air museum in Yeovil.
0: Speed awareness courses are obviously a lot more fun in the West Country. It was great. We are here to talk about the top trends of the week. Ollie, what have you got for us?
3: Body mists.
0: Okay, is this like the um, stuff Evian used to do, where you like spray water in your face?
3: I know what you're talking about. My other half's got one from Neil's Yard. You put it in the fridge... And then you spray it on your face and you it cools you down. You put it in the fridge,
0: do you? You don't
3: have to, but it's nice because it's like spraying your it face. It is but, nice. Yeah.
0: I, I just, yeah. Okay. So but not that. That's been around for a while.
3: Yeah, that's but that's been around for a while. So, so what's this right? Well, these these were big in the 90s. But now, according to Amelia Perrin, they're going to be big again. They're like perfume, but the scents are much lighter. And they've got more alcohol in them, so they evaporate faster. Mm. Unlike perfume where you kind of go... Zh, 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 and it lasts all day. Mm. This is like... Or oh, I smell a bit, I'm about to get on a train, give myself a little whoosh, get on, and you smell amazing.
0: Okay, I think what you're talking about is basically posh links. When you're a teenager, mainly because of advertising and because of the limits of your pocket money, you go and buy yourself some links, right? That's mm-hmm. what you buy. Yep. Africa, Java, American listeners, we're talking about Axe. And then you get a bit older and you realise that actually all you need is an antiperspirant. Mm -hmm. Don't need to spend the money on the flavoured ones because they all smell like dirty socks in a locker room. Yep. Now, I'm at the age of 36 and I've never looked back. I'm still very much a sure-for-men sensitive kind of guy.
3: You demonstrated that last week at Wimbledon?
0: I think you're going to tell me that I should be spending more money on posh links.
3: Well, it's a middle ground between, you know, the really expensive perfume that you only ever buy at an airport... Mm. And the crappy links. What does Ollie Pitt wear, by the way, when you do go to an airport? I wear Sauvage, oh. which is Christian Dior.
0: <laughs> I could have done. I, if I'd have just had a moment to guess, I would have thought, Johnny Depp, Ollie Pitt, obvious connection.
3: Oh, well, and guess what? Yeah. There's a body-missed version of that very scent.
0: I see. So this is actually all the labels, is it? Trying to kind of cash in and, and reclaim this category that they'd abandoned for a while. Yeah,
3: and you sort of, and you can, they're, they're much cheaper. You chuck it in your bag and you spray it more often. And it's just a slightly more watery lighter scented version of the smell you already like
0: I see so you can get Giorgio Armani and Ralph Lauren and Calvin Klein yeah Hermes oh
3: and Tom Ford's got one yeah so
0: what should we be buying and how much will it cost us
3: Depending on who you go for. Mm-hmm. So that Dior one that I told you about is yeah. around, depending on where you get it from, it can it can be about twenty-five to forty dollars. Forty dollars for a deodorant. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite, well, it's not a deodorant, that's the point. It's not an antiperspirant.
0: No. It's like so a, it doesn't deal with the sweat issue. No, it it doesn't, doesn't deal with my hairy back sweating at Wimbledon. So I need my antiperspirant and my body mist in my bag, is what you're saying.
3: Yeah. But if you were wafting into Wimbledon when you had one of these, people would have gone. Ooh.
0: Delicately scented man walking past.
3: Essentially, they're cheaper than perfume. They're easy to carry around with you, and you just you know, they're not. It's not like you're carrying a big glass thing about, is it?
0: What else have you got for us this week? Love Island. Oh God, everyone's talking about this. Isn't so the, it insane? And I'm not watching it. No. So, but I have noticed that everyone's talking about it, so you're right, this is a legitimate trend. I
3: am the zeitgeist, so I have to talk (laughs) about these things. So, it's a British reality dating show. Uh, The original series went out in 2005, Mm -hmm. and lasted a year, went out until 2006. And when Uh, it was called Celebrity Love Island. It was Celebrity Love Island. Very
0: loose definition of all three words. Yes.
3: Uh, And that was based in Fiji, which sounds really nice, but uh, the, the new series... Uh, or the, the new version of it, uh, launched in 2015, and that, that's based in Mallorca. And basically, what happens is all these sexy people go to Mallorca.
0: And they are all exceptionally good-looking people from Essex, basically, it, it, aren't it's they?
3: Like, yeah, it's like Greek statues walking about. Yeah, yeah, And they just hang about in this villa. They're being filmed 24-7. And yeah. the premise is they have to all couple up. So they have to find a couple, whether that's as as a friendship, or they actually really like them, or they fancy them. It gets to the elimination bit. If you haven't got yourself into a couple, you get eliminated. You don't have to sleep with each other, but they do, often. Yes. Because what else do you do when you're trapped in a house in Mallorca and you're surrounded by lots of sexy people? (laughs) I'm sorry, that is what you would do. you go, I'm sexy, I'm single, I'm in a house (laughs) in Mallorca. I'm being filmed. But it's not like they've got a... There's not a a knob cam. You can put a duvet of yourself Mm. and go rompy romp romp. So, for those of us who frankly are not interested in this, give us a Fridiot's guide. Here's some characters Uh so you can pretend that you know what you're talking about. You've got Marcel Somerville. Marcel, he's 31 year old and he is a former member of blazing squad I mean I would
0: qualify that as a celebrity under the old definition so there's obviously a few celebs still in there
3: well as far as I know he's the only one that has a little bit of celebrity Mm -hmm. Um, and actually he stands quite a good chance of winning because he's uh, paired up with a a girl called Gabby Allen uh, who's a fitness instructor from Liverpool Mm -hmm. 25 and And why,
0: why do they have a chance of
3: winning because they're a couple and they seem to be getting on quite well oh I see
0: some people have still not succeeded in coupling up at all
3: they have, but they change frequently right, because yeah. they're quite erratic. And uh, then there's another girl called Camilla, apparently used to date Prince Harry.
0: I was going to say, she must be the posh one.
3: She's definitely the posh Harry one. Harry
0: dated someone called Camilla, really? That seems so unlikely.
3: Yeah, imagine him screaming that out. Talk Ooh. about repeating the sins of their father. And then there's Jamie, who's an ex-Calvin Klein model, and uh, I've seen an episode with him in it, and he is a very nice man. <laughs> <laughs> As in, he made, he made his, his partner, I can't even remember her name, uh, some breakfast...
0: Oh, I see. Birthday breakfast. You didn't mean well no. endowed and honed. No, no, you no, mean no, no, no. generous and kind. Yeah. So the, ones, that's, the that's ones the ones we like is Jamie, but the one who's going to win is the bloke from Blazing Squad. That's it. Do you have a third trend for us this week?
3: Luxury watch subscriptions. Okay. We've advertised a few of these on the show, haven't we? We've got a, a beer one, and we've had a have we had a food one, I think probably. We haven't done point. a food
0: one. We've done the razors that come to your door.
3: And they exist everywhere. In fact, so the the body mists one. Mm. There, there's a body mist service where they send you as a subscription a different body mist every month so you can smell different throughout the year. What's new? I mean, we've had subscription services for a while. So this is Luxury Watch Subscriptions. No, really? Yeah. You know the men's magazines. I do. They completely depend on luxury watches.
0: They do, and I hate that. I mean, I have quite a nice watch that cost, I think it was about £400. Don't mug me for it. Oh, my God. Um, and, you know, I saved up for that, and it was a special treat to buy it. Every watch that I've owned before that cost between 30 and and £100. One day I might aspire to own a watch that costs two or £3,000, but it would be a lifetime investment. Whereas the men's magazines, it, they literally have articles called things like here are the 15 luxury watches you need for summer. And like each of them costs between 10 and 15 grand. And I always read that and I think, well, you've just chat all over your own editorial, haven't you? Because no one buying this magazine can afford that.
3: So, this company 11 James try to address that problem. Yeah. And you can subscribe on different levels, Ollie, and have access to luxury watches. Okay, so how
0: much is it for a virtuoso? A
3: virtuoso is $899. A month. Yeah, silly, isn't it? If you can spend $900 a month...
0: Then you can afford the... You you can can afford afford the the bloody bloody watch! Yeah.
3: We're talking about $10,000 a year.
0: But okay, but there are certain guys who would spend $10,000 a year so they could have a new watch every year. I mean, they're ridiculous, and they've got their priorities wrong in life, but they exist. (laughs) And those people could instead, for that money, I guess, have a regular repertoire of designer watches. I mean, I have seen these things for women's handbags. You can get services where, for a certain fee every month, you get a Chanel handbag and then you return it and you get a Gucci one. So it sort of makes sense.
3: I can, I suppose I can get it if they're really exclusive in that they're, they're one of a kind. Mm. So, like, maybe you, you never see that bag or that watch anywhere else. That kind of makes sense.
0: Okay, the time has come. You can avoid it no more, Ollie. Uh, we are wrapping up this week, as ever, by finding out how you are proceeding in your quest to become a true trends insider. Mm-hmm. Have you become Twitter verified?
3: I've sent off another verification request last night Mm -hmm. because I passed the window where I could apply Mm -hmm. again. Haven't heard anything yet, so I will update you when I get some progress. So you haven't
0: been told no for a second.
3: No, but I got a contact at the PR for Twitter and I'm hoping they can help me. Okay. Have you held an Andos black card? Have a look at this.
0: (sighs) Okay, I can verify, listeners, that I can see a picture of Ollie Pitt holding A Nando's black card.
3: That's two years old, but it's still a Nando's black card. Okay, so... Tick that off the list! Well done, Ollie. Have you become a Freemason? This evening, I am meeting uh, a Mason in the Freemason's arms near Covent Garden. That's a pub, isn't it? It's a pub. Is that actually to do with Freemasons? It was his suggestion. Have you tried
0: the latest skincare treatment or product?
3: No. Why? It's still, still in the pipeline, trying to just get that one... Don't worry. The ball is rolling.
0: Is that the latest skincare treatment? No, but it sounds Being like it could Being rolled by a ball. <laughs> <laughs> have you sat at a chef's table?
3: Not yet, but I have some news. Go on. I have found a chef of sorts. Her name is Hershey Patel, otherwise known as The Little Indian, and she cooks Indian food, and she has a YouTube channel that's highly successful. She's been on this morning, and she's done some other TV spots. Okay. I got in touch with her friend of a friend. Right. Okay. She has agreed to cook for me mm. lunch mm. in her house mm-hmm. provided I pay for the ingredients. <laughs> but the one thing she did say yeah. and I hope it counts because yeah. I think it does. Yeah. She said, "Look, I'm not a qualified chef and I don't want people to think I am a qualified chef, but she is a well-known cook and I think that's okay. But here's the other thing. Mm. She's invited all of us round to her house where we can go and eat.
0: I think you've just sold it with that final line there. You get free lunch. All right, sold. I mean. Yes! You've
3: sold. No, no, we're taking that off. All right. I'm having that.
0: Well, you haven't done it yet. Hey, well, yeah, but it's booked in. When we've done it, we'll classify as sat at the chef's table. Book all right. 10, 31st. Uh, have you joined an elite dating app? Yes. yes. Have you acquired AAA access to a festival? Yes. yes. Thanks, John McClure. Have you achieved tickets to the London transfer of Hamilton? No. Obviously not, and I bet you haven't even tried again.
3: No, but I'm... I... Just fucking try.
0: Right. Everyone's screaming at their phone, just try. Have you taken a parliamentary ghost train? No. When's that happening? You said last week it was going to happen soon. Why haven't you been to High Wycombe?
3: <laughs> because, because the weather's too nice. I'm trying to get in touch with a guy called Jeff Marshall, right? This guy, he is Mr. Ghost Train. I want to uncover this world Yeah,
0: you want to be able to explain it to us. Yeah, so
3: I'm going to try and get in touch with him. I'm going to try and make sure that I can get a train with him. If not, my vow to you is that I will get that train anyway.
0: All right. I guess that's good enough. Uh, Until next week then, the man that has now held a Nando's black card, Ollie Pitt. Yes. Thank you. Goodbye. Have you ever been to a TV recording? Uh, I've been to dozens, actually. As an only child living in an unremarkable North London suburb, there wasn't that much to do for free during my teenage summer holidays, but I did live near Boreham Wood, which is where Top of the Pops was filmed, so I went to watch that. Uh, I also live not too far from TV Centre, where over the years I saw Clive Anderson, Parkinson, Little Britain, Grace and Favour, the stand-up show, the list goes on. I I did think I might want to work in broadcasting, so I I was interested in how all the showbiz worked, how the camera crew were coordinated, how the talent interacted with the audience. But over time, the thing that I got to appreciate was the warm-up man never gets to be on screen, never gets any credit, but can provide the distinction between an entertaining evening and one that just drags on and on. Andy Collins is the best in the business. Ask anyone. He's warmed up audiences for Graham Norton, Jonathan Ross, Dame Edna, even the closing ceremony of the London
2: Olympics. I went to meet him. Why does the audience need to be warmed up? I mean, if I'm being very honest with you, there are... A lot of shows where i go what am i doing here they don't need me of course i'm keeping that well to myself <laughs> and I would, I would strongly advise that anybody listening to the podcast wipes this from their memory banks but there are some shows you go they don't need me but I'll, I'll, I'll turn up and do the job and then sometimes they do need me because my job is to whip them up into a frenzy but also to guide them into where we want the show to go if it's a game show it's for them to cheer and support and encourage and to maybe shout out the answers if it's a chat show it's to react to when the alias says something hilariously funny and they react or when the presenters is doing that opening monologue and do you watch shows and think they haven't been warmed up properly oh yeah did you watch the F1 in London where they had Little Mix on no oh okay it was on Sky Sky Sports 1 and there was they had the F1 cars going around Trafalgar Square or whatever and Little Mix were doing a concert and there was only about 250 people in the audience but they, they, no one had gone on before and said, right, Little Mix is coming out, so we're going to want you to clap along, and we're going to want you to cheer and wave, and do a bit of audience participation. They didn't do any of that. So when Little Mix came out, they cut away, and Little Mix did this whole bit of, and now your turn, and literally cut away to the camera, and there was a bloke walking away on his phone. he would like, oh, no, you did everything. You've got the fireworks, you've got the pyrotechs, you've got the blue screens, but you haven't paid. You haven't asked the audience. You haven't asked the audience. To get involved. Easy as that, really. So you do Ant and Dec Saturday Night Takeaway? That job terrifies me than any other job in the world I do because I'll tell you the reason why. I'm terrified of letting them down uh, and I remember once season two episode four the audience weren't brilliant. They were alright but they weren't brilliant. What, what At, was wrong? What was I don't wrong? know they just didn't they just wasn't, it just wasn't it wasn't I can't put my finger on, it just wasn't happening. I mean it, that show when you watch it casually it looks yeah. like the audience are having the best night of their lives. Yeah exactly. That's but, what you're per, aiming for But for that it? particular episode it wasn't and I remember Ant saying to me in the green room audience weren't on it tonight and that hurt so much that I swore then that that would never happen again on that show and so every time I do that show it terrifies me because I don't want to let them down But and it's weird because I've done bigger, bigger shows in in amount of people but that one terrifies me Celeb Juice Keith Lemon very, very intelligent man because they could do that show in front of 700 people but he knows he likes it small, intimate so we film it in the studio which only holds 150 so there's a waiting time for the tickets for you ages, it's the most requested I get for tickets it's it's hard though because it's pre-recorded so even though it's on air for 42 minutes it actually takes 3 hours to film so yes they're at level 10 early doors but then your job is to keep them at level 10 two hours and 45 minutes in and that's when it becomes hard
0: okay so let's talk about that when frankly the show isn't of a standard that everyone's really enjoying oh yeah so you know you're doing some flawed daytime chat show oh I've done many oh <laughs> many 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 the audience is a load of old deers busting from Blackpool yeah. they think they're going to enjoy it two and a half hours in they're bored but presumably it's part
2: of your job to make sure they stay in their seats yes how that is a tough one because it has happened a few times well, I'd work on the show, and just this show, "This show is rubbish." I know it; the audience know it. That Dunkirk spirit of "We'll get through this together, folks." And 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 do you ever let the audience know that? Have you ever? Has it ever got so bad oh, that you've thought you might as well just with a glint I in your eye acknowledge I, this is a I shit show? I did a show once. I was with it's a Magic FM DJ, and it was a quiz show. And I did this one show, and we only had about twelve people in the audience that sat hundred, and it was taking ages to film. So we we had a quiz. I went and got some cups of tea for them. I sent someone out (laughs) to get some donuts. I know I've done the Alan Titchmarsh show where the audience has been full of ladies from the WI. We've had a great time. And we've taken it a little bit saucy and it's been been an absolute scream. Now, that's difficult, right? Getting that level of a little bit saucy, right? I used to do two warm-ups a day, sometimes three. But I used to do the Titchmarsh show during the day, which was 200 WI. So that warm-up would be talk about the war, we'd play bingo we'd talk have, about the war <laughs> whatever what we'd, do you mean <laughs> what did you say well, remember the hey, remember the old days when you know rationing and then we'd have a little we do, do songs from the West End shows and it was a gentle warm up but it was a lovely warm up I love yeah. the gig then I'd jump on the taxi bike scream over to the other side of London to do Celeb Juice which is 200 18 to 30 year old mm-hmm. kind of Ibiza mm-hmm. so literally I'd go from underneath the arches, jump on the motorbike, leap off, be given the microphone because it was that time, walk out and go, right, you motherfuckers, let's hear you bounce. (laughs) Now, the important thing was to make sure you never got those two jobs confused. And can you sense when an audience doesn't like you? Okay, a funny story. I supply warm-up men for shows. Mm Mm-hmm because it's just too many. So I supply with a voice, X Factor, Big Brother. Now, Big Brother audience is tough because they're small and they're of. with the greatest respect in the world. They're a Jeremy Carl audience. Okay, so they're ruthless, right? And I said to my warm-up man, you've got to go out there and you've got to own it. Boss it, because you're in the say It's like an amphitheater. They're all over you. You are in control. Mm. Right? And, Even, of course, part of the reason they're there is to heckle people yeah, and laugh at them. So you've got, to, you've got to be, I am here, I'm in, boss. and is what's happening. Don't show weakness, because there's a lot of regulars at Big Brother. If they smell weakness, they will destroy it. And one of my warm-up men went out there, and he just, he reeked of defeat. <laughs> and and they smelt it, and they, they destroyed him. They destroyed him. They just heckled him. But he phoned me up afterwards and went, I never want to do that gig again.
0: Okay, talk us through that then, how it works. Why sometimes you're summoned in front of the camera crew and everything to talk to the audience, and sometimes you're not. Because if you've ever been to see a live
2: recording... Sometimes the warm up guy comes back and sometimes they don't. Okay. So I did Michael McIntyre, right? Now th- let me just start off by saying I think the bloke's very funny. I would pay money to go and watch him. I think he's hysterical. I get booked, right? I turn up. His first words to me are, I didn't want you. I got told I needed you. Okay, Michael. Evening. Hello. And uh listen, I'm just here. I'm just here to fluff, Michael. I'm just here to fluff. Don't, you know, I'm not I'm not here to cuz the worst people to work for are comedians. Mm as a warm-up man all comedians are neurotic terrified that you're going to get a bigger laugh at them. every single comic not just Michael McIntyre every comic it's, it's, they're hard bloody work they really are Evening Frank Skinner if you're listening so Michael says I don't want you so I said but Mike, don't worry about that so I go out and it, the actual show is, is quite good even though they never got commissioned. I do me 15 minutes at the beginning There are a lovely audience Michael McIntyre goes on the show starts and then there was a break. Now, normally when there's a break, you film and if something goes wrong as a technical setup, I would go on. That's what a warm up man does. Something happens. I go, right, it'd be about 10 minutes. I go to go on. Michael grabs me by the arm and goes, Don't worry, I've got this. <laughs> I went, Fill your boots, Michael. I'm still getting paid, son. So he went on. I went to the groom, had a cup of tea, and never went back on again. And did he manage to keep the audience warm, as it were? Or do you think he, even let though he's let a great me comic, let me didn't let me Let it. me throw this another way to you did you remember watching the Diana concert mm-hmm. did you see the bit with Ricky Gervais when he went on for 10 minutes mm. 15 minutes and ran out of material and did the dance mm. same thing I was meant to go on and I got the words of don't worry Ricky's got this fill your boots I look back at that and go that could have been me dying up there but instead it was Ricky Gervais <laughs> God bless you and all who say it in you
0: Because that's the difference, isn't it? What you're doing is you're not a comic and you have to ad-lib around what's going on in the room. And if you're a comedian, even if you're quite accomplished at sort of improvising on the spot, you might not be that accomplished and it's difficult to know how long you've
2: got to fill. Well, exactly. And also, okay, I'm there to get laughs. I'm there to whip them up. But I, I, I understand the protocol of it. When you come on the stage, I step off the stage. I don't try and hog the limelight. When you're doing your bit, I will disappear into the shadows. I will only interact with you if you want me to interact with you. I've been around the game long enough to know that. I know the rules. See, what strikes me is that the kind of material that you're doing
0: is more closely linked to that ITV heartland, isn't it? It's got, yes. it's, it's, got its roots in variety and panto and end of the pier stuff more than what a kind of slightly urban comedian, like even Michael McIntyre, who sees himself as a kind of man of the people but is resolutely upper middle class, they probably see your act and they think, oh shit, he's connecting with this
2: audience that actually this show that I'm doing for Saturday <laughs> but, Night won't. Yes, you're right. But all comedians like that, Bruce Forsyth, Russell Brand, you name them, they're all the same. I've had issues with every single one of those comedians. Not issues in the sense of, you know, arguments, but just, you know, things like Russell Brand. When he left his dressing room, it took 45 seconds to get from his dressing room to the floor. My instructions were to be wrapping up, and I was to be off stage by the time he walked into the studio because he didn't want to be introduced. He just wanted to walk out and go. No, that's that's no problem with that. It's just a quirky side of him, you know. And once again, it worked for the show. Bruce uh, Forsyth, the legend that is, had the same thing when I did Strictly. When he was walking through his dressing room, I was to be wrapping up. I wasn't to do any gags for the last 10 minutes. All I could say to people were, hello, how are you? Because Bruce would walk on and then do gags. So now, that, that, that's hard because Shane Ritchie was in the audience and I had told him I'm not allowed to do gags, not allowed to do gags discreetly. And literally, he was in the audience Go tell us a joke. <laughs> no, I can't tell you a joke and you know that. But listen, if I ever got a, uh, a primetime gig, I'd probably say a few things that I would want the warm-up man to do and not do. What would you say? I want you to get that crowd jumping. I don't want you to do take my mother-in-law. Uh, too many warm-up men, that's this is why I've only got a few in the stable, they go, well, I'm a comedian. No, 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 you're, you're not a comedian. Your job is to whip that crowd out. I've heard of warm-up men doing their thing, and the floor manager go, right, we're ready for you now, you can come off now, talent's ready. And they go, oh, no, I've not finished telling the gag. I haven't got to the punchline. <laughs> that's tough, pal. You are the bridesmaid, you're not the bride so much so that there's a the warm up man I know who, who always happens to him but he's made it part of his act he go, I'll tell you the punchline when I come back <laughs> and then he just keeps dragging it out and then <laughs> right at the end he delivers a punchline it's a shit joke but he's he, he built up it lasts so, for a whole two hours yeah yeah
0: exactly Frank Skinner that was the name you dropped on the floor gotta pick it up now next yeah
2: so Frank Skinner's doing his show there's a warm up man on and uh, the warm up man is dying the most glorious death dying the most glorious death just happens just dying the audience aren't getting him. Frank's going to be in the gallery, and they go right. Frank, obviously, he's not going very well. Shall we? Uh, shall we get you on? And his exact words were, "Oh no, let's leave you for another ten more minutes." <laughs> now, if that's true, that's ban out of order and evil. And if it's not, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but comics are always hard because, like I said, they 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 get very paranoid.
0: Does it work in reverse though as well? Do you you say you represent warm up artists? you actually have
2: warm-up men who see themselves as a bigger star than some of the people they're warming up yes and we have words we have words because you have to decide what you are are you a warm-up man or are you uh or have you got ideas of being something else that's great to have ideas of something else but you're being booked to be a warm-up man I mean the greatest bit of advice I could tell anybody getting into show business be it warm-up presenting whatever in the showbiz world when people ask you how are you be assured they don't care (laughs) no one cares so you go I'm fine how are you because people like it to be all about them yeah it's a difficult business because you, what, what, I always remember Jeff Stevenson who's a great warm up how are we doing for time Who we're are? doing good yeah Jeff Stevenson who's a warm up and I was in the bar with Jeff and he said get out of this business before you get bitter interested and oh, I went behave yourself I'll never get bitter interested and then there was a point I did the Paul O'Grady show when he was a tea time and there was one time that Paul went went ill literally at the last minute when they were about half an hour to go just chronically ill and they were like oh my god we're going to do it and someone said well Andy's here he can can do it it's just you know he can do it and their exact words no he can't do it he's the warm up man Mm -hmm. so then they phoned Vernon Kay who came from Chiswick to come and do the show because I'm the warm up man Mm -hmm. and that's how it happens you know oh he's just the warm up man that can hurt more than people booing. You know, you're just a warm-up man. Because when... Okay, so but when, that's the reality,
0: isn't it? Because people yes, say, yes.
2: work your way into an environment, get your name through the door, and then, and then they'll discover you. Yes. It's not true. Not, tr- not true. It is true, because Alan, you know, Alan Carr was a warm-up man. Peter Kay was a warm-up man. But they did, it wasn't their sole thing. They did other things. They did stand-up. Whereas I made it... You know, I was doing a conscious decision of just being a warm-up man and, and doing very well out of it. But then you do come typecasting. And it's the old cliche. When the show works great and it's brilliant and, it's, and it's, everybody's buzzing in the green room after oh the show's great beautifully written oh you presented that great oh it was marvellous oh it was shot beautifully director when the show bombs rah, warm up was shit wasn't it Andy Collins. If you would
0: like to hear more from him, uh, he does host The Breakfast Show for BBC Three Counties Radio. That's every weekday morning from 6am to 9am. If you're in uh, Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire or Buckinghamshire, but of course it's online as well. Uh, Or you can pretty much turn up to any big TV recording and you will find him there. Uh, Alex Fox is up next after this. Man fans, this show is free to download, but it is not free to produce. Look at our logo. We're not part of a big podcast network. Look at our website. We are not backed by a big newspaper or a commercial entity. We are proudly an independent production. We don't have offices. We don't have staff. We just have us making this show for you. So if you like what we do, please help pay for it. Support us by buying us a beer. The average price of a pint of beer in Britain is £3.47, a little over four US dollars. By using the secure form on our website, modernman.co.uk, you can sign up to buy us one or two or three beers a month. Or you can make us a one-off donation via PayPal. Every penny helps support this show and bring you more episodes. Just click Beer Money. Cheers. It's time for the foxhole. The delicious Ms Fox is here. Alex, how are you?
1: Well, I'm not sure I'm that delicious this week. I wouldn't lick myself because I've spent the last four days in a field. I was in Cheshire where I actually went to school uh, a festival called Blue Dot at Jodrell Bank Space Observatory. Oh, and, uh, Yeah, it's a celebration of science and space exploration and electronic music.
0: OK, I'm guessing you still managed to find a sex angle.
1: Well, I spoke to a team of robotics specialists from Sheffield about what sex robots are available on the market right now because there's been a lot of talk about them in the news in fact it will cost you about twelve thousand dollars well,
0: what will what do you because there's, there's been sex dolls haven't there since the 60s at least well probably since prehistoric times but I mean blow up ones for at least 40 years what's a new sex robot
1: These have limited artificially intelligent capacities. I think people when they hear the phrase sex robots, imagine something that's going to be incredibly lifelike and like a a computerised human being that can have sexual intercourse with you and, and erotic kinky conversations and things like that. In fact, what sex robots can do at the moment is not what you see in the movies. It's very, very limited. So they can do things like blink and open their mouths and have a very restricted back and forth saucy conversation with you in the style of a a facebook messenger chatbot you know they're not going to be able to predict your every whim and interact with you in in a convincingly human manner at the moment although there are some people who would say that nobody wants sex robots to do that in fact part of the appeal of them is that they're not human and, and, and the kink aspect is having sex with a robot you know having a cyborg Do you know the
0: most exciting thing that happened to me last time I went to a festival Alex? What? I tried a particularly spicy buffalo wing okay. It's time for our listener question sponsored as ever by our friends at MyCondom.com. Remind us of their excellent service.
1: Well it's not me that has to remind you in fact because there are 1,259 independent users of MyCondom.com who've left reviews on Trustpilot and pretty much all of them have rated it 5 out of 5 and said that it's excellent. Um, my favourite comment, well there's, I have a couple actually, one says, love the fact you use podcasts like The Modern Man to get Get your discount codes out there. Way. Yes, I love it too, Joe. Uh,
2: and then another <laughs> guy
1: says, excellent service. I always use your stuff, mycondom.com. Just keep it up. I and see. They yes. can help you to keep it up.
0: They, they can, yeah. They have products for everything. Uh, okay, well, this week's question is from a gentleman who has chosen to remain anonymous. You can, if you wish. And he says, uh, Alex, I watch porn every now and then to get me in the mood. And I've noticed that many of the actors in these movies don't have hair down there. I've been inspired a couple of times to give this a try, and it's kind of fun whilst I'm shaving my nether regions. However... I can't seem to be able to make things totally as smooth as a baby's bottom and my wife tends to get irritation from my five o'clock shadow. I've never heard that phrase used in this context.
1: Please can we call it five o'clock shadow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So Alex, what I want to know is, is there a method or product that will take care of this issue? I'm a little wary of taking very sharp instruments to my sensitive areas and I'd prefer a spray-on wash-off alternative if available. Men's pubes.
1: Okay. Let's do this. We're talking manscaping. Yeah. Okay, first up, I really need to say, it is fine to do whatever the heck you want with your pubic hair, but don't please feel pressured by what you see in pornography. Uh, There are many reasons why people in porn often are bare down there. One of them, uh, with regards to men, is that sometimes getting rid of your pubes makes your schlong look longer.
0: That is the tip that I used to read in many a boys magazine growing up.
1: Personally, I think completely shaven havens on a bloke can look a little bit giblet-esque.
0: Yeah, no, I don't see that many willies. My guess is that out there generally now, if you're talking about men from, say, their 20s to their 50s, there has been a trend, hasn't there, in the past 10 years for more shaving down there. I mean, when I was a teenager, it didn't get discussed at all. But I'm guessing sort of mid-length is usually the norm, isn't it? Take your bit off so you don't have four-inch long hair, but not all of
1: it. Yeah, I think a lot of chaps kind of trim around yes. their slim gym yes partly because i think men's grooming has become generally more acceptable these days uh, and also i do i do think that that uh again i really don't want to prescribe anybody to do anything particular with their pubes but yeah a little bit of trimming uh, can just make things a little bit more hospitable for a lady particularly if it, when it comes to giving oral sex but i should point out that lots of women like Uh, the look and the smell even of pubic hair on a man because they retain a man's scent and our writer here says that his wife gets irritation from his five o'clock shadow I'm going to personally share here and say that not only can a lady's foof when you're bumping part to part during heart to heart to get irritated by a bit of stubble but also I have suffered the embarrassing affliction of looking like Rudolph the day after an (laughs) intimate encounter because I grazed my nose on somebody's pubic region Wow. Yeah, it was really sticky. So as that's well. so
0: that's to do with it being freshly shaven.
1: It was, I think, I think, yeah, it was prickly. Prickly by the prick, yeah. and it scraped the skin off my nose. <laughs> okay,
0: there are uh, beard trimmers, for example. Well, that's an electric thing with a guard, and that presumably wouldn't be as sharp.
1: Lots of people use electric trimmers to take care of things downstairs, uh, and that is something I would advocate. You can get ones that you can use wet or dry as well. So uh, you can trim then in the shower, wash all the pubes down the plug hole. But our writer does sound like he likes to remove a bit more, which can, you know, being really smooth down below is a sensation as well as an aesthetic look that some people really enjoy.
0: A sensation they enjoy during sex or a sensation they enjoy just walking down the street because presumably they feel a lot more of the breeze and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah absolutely or he, he even says he enjoys the sensation of the shave the itself. itself yeah. Lots of people like that. I know a lot of women as well who enjoy the ritual of shaping their pubic hair before a sexual encounter because it's 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 almost part of their their personal foreplay regime, if you will. It's, it's like getting dressed up for the date. And you can get a very close shave if that's what you want and if you take care in how you do that. A few tips there would be, for a start, if your pubes are really, you know, if it looks like Kew Gardens down there, try Trim very gently with scissors before you use a beard trimmer or a razor. Then uh, I would apply, some people use shave gel. I put this one out to friends and uh, got many recommendations back. One lad said he, he finds hair conditioner really useful. If you apply a warm flannel as well beforehand, it helps open up the pores and soften the hair. Then use a fresh blade very, very carefully. Uh, <laughs> lots of people said that they, they really like a uh, beard oil or shaving oil to use on their uh, their pubes as well try to shave in the direction of hair growth first and then against the direction and that, that should help you uh, avoid this instant five o'clock shadow, as we've now christened it. Then use cold water or cold flannel afterwards to close the pores. And there are a variety of products on the market that you can then apply to do things like moisturize the area, or even some have got um, very mild acidic solution that helps prevent ingrowing hairs. But I do a patch test with those first. Don't slather your knob with a, a load of cream just in case you have some kind of allergic or burning reaction
0: okay and to take his question directly is there as far as you're aware a decent spray on wash off alternative
1: there are tons of of, uh, dream creams out there there is actually one that you can buy called nads it's okay (laughs) it's not specifically designed for your nads but they do an intimate area there's loads of like you know veet and nair and that stuff a couple of warnings here these creams can smell really sulfuric and disgusting. Not like the um, delicious
0: pube smell you were referring to earlier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they can smell pretty gross. Also... Never, ever leave them on longer than the recommended time because you can get really quite a nasty chemical burn. One hot tip that our writer might want to consider is he could get his wife to shave him just before they have sex so he's lovely and smooth, and that can be part of their foreplay, particularly if you're into I don't think uh, trust. I'd want anyone to have with a blade. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it requires a lot of trust, mm. but some people find that a really hot, Subdom kind of exercise. Please don't do that if anybody has had a drink.
0: Good advice. And if you do think you are going to have a shag tonight, or later this week, or any point in the next year, because you know they do have long date expiries, uh, remember to head over to mycondom.com to get yourself whatever you need for the bedroom.
1: Plus, if you use the code foxhole, you get fifteen percent off. And don't forget that if you have a question of sex, you can head over to our website, Modern Man with Two. A's click on feedback and ask away
0: And with that we have very nearly reached the end of another show but I do have time to anoint a new ambassador it is Matt Thompson from Penge uh, Matt your wife Hayley sent us 3 pounds 47 for a beer in your name she says Ollie Penge is a modest area of south london with a silly name but a lot of local pride I am buying you a beer in the hope that Matt will buy me one for this. Uh, That seems a fair exchange, Hayley. I agree that Penge doesn't get the traction it deserves. And so, Matt Thompson, I now pronounce you man for Penge. Our theme is by art rock quartet Django Django, and now it's time to reveal our record of the week. It's by Flight. It's called Kathy Come Home. And it's off their debut album out in August. Here it is. That is it for another week. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Maybe
3: you're right. We're holding on to tight. It's hard to say there's no right.